Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church. Hallelujah. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. We appreciate you. There is no one like you. Mighty God, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you for who you are in us. Our God, our Savior, our Redeemer. We love you today. Lord, we thank you because you're here as your word declares. Thank you for your manifest presence today. Thank you, Lord, because you brought us from every corner of this city to speak to us, to release a divine deposit in our hearts and in our spirits. Now, Lord, tonight, this morning, we thank you for your word. We ask that you'll speak to us. Let there be a word of life released in us. And move us, mighty God, into the next level, the next dimension you have for us, that Jesus may be glorified. Now, Lord, we love you, and we promise you all the praise, all the glory, because surely only you are worthy of all the adoration. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Let's give God another mighty hand of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah forevermore. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Uh, tell your neighbor, neighbor. God bless you. Thank you for being a faithful servant. Tell them, neighbor, thank you for being a faithful follower. Hallelujah. Like Pastor Fred has said, he has been in our, uh, in our church, in our ministry since he got born again, and he has been a faithful follower. Before you can be a faithful leader, you must be a faithful follower. One of the best ways to learn how to lead is to learn how to follow. If you cannot follow, you cannot lead. We thank God so much for all of you who are here today. And uh, we want to thank God for the worship team. I enjoyed the ministry of the worship team, the band. I think you guys have a wonderful worship team. God bless you so much. Hallelujah. I know one of these days the Mchungaji will feel it in his heart to bring you along to Kampala that you may sing and lead us in praise and worship. Hallelujah. Amen. But before you come to Kampala, you must be a faithful. We want to thank God so much for all the other leaders, the deacons and the elders, the people handling the finances, the people handling the ushering, the women, the men. I don't know all the departments that are there, but I know there are people serving to make things happen. I appreciate you. You are my hero. You are my champion. And I want to thank God for you today. Hallelujah. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise for every one of them. We honor and thank God for uh, Pastor uh, Juma and uh, Pastor Andrew. I've not, I know he's been very busy. He's probably not here today. But we want to thank God for these men and uh, their ministry because they have faithfully served here. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise for them. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And we thank God for Pastor Fred. Uh, he's dearly loved all over the world, all over the nations. Uh, he's most loved here. And above all, God has placed him here on a divine mission. My prayer is that you will make the most of him as God has given him to you. Hallelujah. Let's give God a mighty praise from Chungaji Fred here. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to thank all of you who have been coming the course of the week. I know God has released something in your heart, in your spirit. I know that the Lord is at work in you. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, let's go together to the book of Joshua. And I will attempt to finish the message I tried to finish on Thursday. I will take it from chapter number 1 and uh, verse number 1. Joshua Chapter 1, verse number 1. I bring you love and greetings from the saints in Kampala. This year has been a wonderful year for us. God has done some mighty things. He's done exceedingly abundantly above our imagination. God has sustained us. He has been our undercarriage. He has been the wind beneath our wings. He has been a bulwark under, under our feet. We have been able to stand strong by His grace. Hallelujah. This year, I, I, uh, I've, uh, I've not traveled out of the nation of Uganda, apart from going to Nairobi with Dr. Desire and coming here to da to see you wonderful people. So it's a joy for me to be here, and uh, I count it a, a privilege. I count it an honor. Amen. The people of Kampala send you their love. My children wanted to come. I couldn't put them in the bags, but... Um, uh, I promise them that hopefully next year I will bring them along. Amen. Amen. Now my children are very busy. They love the Lord, but they are very busy bodies. So the only way I'm going to bring them is if you promise Muchungaji here that when they come, you'll take care of them and you'll take them all over this wonderful nation. Uh, otherwise, uh, they will not come because they are very busy. They love activity. They sleep late. They wake up early and they are good to go. Uh, they don't take naps and uh, uh, they, they're just wide open. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Muchungaji has had a little test of them uh, and uh, we thank God for them hallelujah amen Joshua chapter 1 verse number 1 the saints in Kampala love you our church loves you they pray for you every day every time they gather as, uh, as, as, uh, as, uh, as a church they pray for you and uh, every morning while we do our church prayer meetings they do pray for you and uh, I'm not saying that to make you feel good they have so much faith and so much love for you hallelujah Joshua chapter 1 verse number 1 if you're there say amen I say this guy who keeps putting up the scriptures, I'm going to arrest him so he can read for us. So today, I will ask him to read for us Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to verse 7. Joshua chapter 1, from verse 1, the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant... Is dead. Excuse me. Moses, my servant, is dead. Verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. <clears throat> now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, though and all these people, unto the land which I give to them, even to the children of Israel. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, 
that I have given you unto you, as I said unto Moses. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river of Ephorites, all the land of Hittites, and unto the great sea, towards the, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your, shall be your coast. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto these people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swore unto, thee, unto thy, their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou may, mayst observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant command thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayst prosper whatsoever thou girlst. Amen. Let's give our brother here a good God bless you. I see he has a preacher's voice in there. Hallelujah. Amen. The voice is there and the anointing is there too. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, brother. We began on Thursday to talk about crossing over, going into our destiny, going into our next level in God, going into a new anointing, into a new grace, into a new glory. We began to talk about the fact that God is elevating you, taking you from where you've been at, taking you to where he wants you to go. We talked about seven things in this series of sermon. We talked about, number one, you must know where you are going. Because if you don't know where you're going, you will not know if you get there. We talked about the power of knowing where you are going. Number two, we talked about... You must have the word of the Lord because as you have God's instructions and God's direction, you will be able to walk in the fullness of the blessing of God. Number three, we said, let go of the past. If Moses is dead, let go of Moses. He's dead. Move on to what God has for you in the future. And number four, we said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that is your ground to take. And then number five was the longest. We say there is an anointing to cross over. It takes an anointing to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. We shared seven secrets of the anointing. Those of you who missed it, I want to encourage you that you missed very much. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't ask you to miss. I didn't even pray that you miss. You made a choice to miss. So I want to encourage you that you did miss. <laughs> Tonight, this morning, I'm going to close uh, this uh, series here. And we're going to talk about two more facets of crossing over that I believe are very important. The Bible says here, as we have read, God spoke to Joshua. After they had been in the wilderness for 40 long years, that entire generation had died away, waiting to go into the promised land, and they had failed. Now remember, God had told Moses that it was his mission to take them into the promised land. But when they got into the wilderness and failed, Moses was angry with the people. He did a few things that got him in trouble with God, and as a result, Moses did not enter the promised land. Now when Moses died, and Joshua has been raised up by God, 
God and put in a place of leadership, God begins to speak to Joshua to instruct him on how to cross over, on how to go into the thing that God had for him. He began to speak to Joshua, and as we read in the, uh, in the previous scriptures, he said, Joshua, Moses is dead, now I want you to get up and get going and go over this Jordan. And he began to speak to him and he gave him instruction, and he said that, look, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you. And he began to describe the land that he would go into, and he began to declare unto him the great things that he was going to do in his life. In verse number 5 he said, there shall not be any man able to stand before the older days of thy life as I was with Moses I will be with you and I will not fail thee nor forsake thee now we must appreciate that there is a tomorrow that God has for us as individuals we must appreciate that there is somewhere God is taking us God did not bring you this far to let you down right here you know that's the mistake that the children of Israel made they did not understand that God did not take them through the ten plagues of Egypt and bring them through the Red Sea so that they can die in the wilderness God is an investor he knows that what he's doing today is so that he can do greater things tomorrow. He does not do something today that is not connected to your tomorrow. So he brought them through the wilderness. He brought them from Egypt through the Red Sea. Took them through so much trouble so that he can bring them into the promised land. But they did not appreciate that. They thought that God was not able to bring them into the promised land and they thought that it was their destiny to die in the wilderness. And as a result, they actually did die in the wilderness why because they did not understand that everything that God begins he intends to finish it I come to declare to you in your situation and in your life that everything God has begun in your life he intends to bring it to fruition he intends to bring it to an end God is not like you you built your house and you did not finish it and you sold it when it was unfinished you brought it out of the foundation and when the building costs went up you abandoned the project and you built a small boy's house at the corner of the plot god is not like you he is not going to abandon you in the middle of the project he spoke unto joshua and he says i will not abandon you actually the message bible says i will not give up on you listen to me joshua i will not give up on you i will uphold you i will finish what i started in you listen to me people of tons whatever God has started in your life he is going to bring it to pass maybe he has started a work of salvation he's going to bring it to pass maybe he has started a work of miracles he's going to bring it to pass you may not have tied the wedding knot yet but if God started that work in you you're going to walk down the aisle and tie that knot in Jesus name you may not have finished that building yet but if you started the foundation with God God will watch over his word to bring it to fruition and it is only a matter of time there will be a roof on your house in only a matter of time god did not take you to that university so that you can drop out halfway before you're done with your course god sent you to that university and he's going to give you the grace the strength and the finances that you may graduate and get to the very end everything that god begins he watches over it to bring it to pass when you look at yourself in the mirror you see yourself as a work in progress but God knows that the work he has started in you he has the ability he has the willpower he has the 
connection he has the connection to bring it to pass you must understand god is not like your 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 god is not like your uncle who lost his job halfway your degree god is not about to lose his job god is not like your ex-boyfriend who changed his mind god does not change his mind whatever god promises you he will bring it to pass and every word that he has spoken unto you he will bring it to fruition don't look at yourself where you are look at yourself where you're going because god is taking you to a greater level god is taking you to a greater dimension i said god is taking you to a greater level i said god is taking you to a greater dimension listen to me people of god everything the lord starts he will bring it to pass he's not going to end halfway he's not going to end quarter way god does not do failed projects everything god starts he makes sure it is done he does not have shortcuts that's why it takes time but at the end of the day he will bring it to pass in the fullness of the plan and the purpose of god and when people look at your life they will realize you could not do it yourself when people look at you living in that house preaching the gospel through this nation influencing people at your workplace people will look at you and they'll say this is not the man that we grew up with it must be God who has done this work through his life and in the words of the scriptures people will look at you and they will say look what the Lord look what the Lord look what the Lord yesterday you might be stuck today you might be slowed down today you may be struggling but one day those people who are laughing at you today they will look at you and they will say look what the lord has done that's why the bible say he lays a table before you in the presence of your enemies that's why god is not going to kill your enemies he wants some people at your table so that when god has done it for you there will be some people who will say this could not be this man because he was not able in his own strength that's why don't pray for the death of your enemies pray that God will give them life that one day they will see you driving past them in your Mercedes Benz and you will go past them in your Mercedes Benz and when they look at you they will say I don't know but I want the God that that woman has because her, her God has not let her down her God has elevated her her God has sustained her yes your enemies want you to fight them but listen to me don't fight them don't worry about them don't cry about them God is going to preserve them because you need someone that when God does the miracle they will testify and they will declare this woman could not do it in her strength but look what the Lord look what the Lord look what the Lord I come to declare your crossing over I come to declare your crossing over I come to declare you're not done I come to declare you're not at the end you are crossing over to great things you are crossing over to a greater future you're going into a greater tomorrow you will look at yourself six months from now you look at yourself two years from now when you're in your own own house with your own children running around you with your own husband you will look around and you say look what the lord 
We're talking about crossing over. Two things I want to share with us this morning. If we are going to cross over, Joshua was told by God, I'm requiring of you, Joshua, be of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people will thou divide the land. Now listen to verse number 7. Only be strong and of good courage. Listen, we are talking about crossing over. Two things. Number one, if we are going to cross over, we must be of good courage. God instructed Joshua and he said, Joshua, be of good courage. What does it mean to be of good courage? Good courage means you have been strengthened. You have become steadfast in your thinking. You have been fortified. You have been encouraged. Good courage comes from the word encourage which means to fortify to gather to strengthen to establish to become steadfast in mind to become of good courage listen to me the bible says out of the wells of salvation you will draw with joy you cannot draw out of the wells of salvation without joy you cannot draw out of the wells of salvation without good courage the reason why the people of israel failed to enter the promised land is because they were not encouraged listen to me the bible say they went into the land and they spied the land and they saw the hittites and they saw the amorites and i think they went during the time of the Olympics so all the big men were there showing off their big muscles and they looked around and they saw these big bad men and they said we saw the land it is a good land it is a fruitful land but the men are giants men of renown men of stature we realize we are not able to take it from them because we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes and they came back to Moses with a negative report and they were discouraged that's why God says to Joshua, be of good courage. Do not be discouraged. Be of good courage. In other words, encourage yourself and understand that the God who brought you this far, he is able to take you to the very end. The God who brought you this far is able to take you to the very end. When you look at yourself, do you think you came this far because of yourself? If it was yourself, you would have been dead by now because you were already drunk six years ago. You were on cocaine ten years ago. You could not do anything by yourself. But look where God has brought you today. Now you are in the house of God. Now you are serving the Lord. Now you are worshipping God. It is not your ability. It is God's ability. That's why I want to encourage you and to declare for you to cross over you must encourage yourself in the Lord and be steadfast in your mind. Tell your mind listen to me mind my God has been good to me he will not let me down he will sustain me he will uphold me he will promote me he will increase me he will take me to the great heights and tell your mind don't worry about the world don't worry about the things around you keep your eyes on Jesus and encourage yourself in the Lord the Bible say that uh, David lost his family, kidnapped and taken away. And his men lost all their families. And when they came back, they found that everything was gone. Children, wives, cattle. 
cattle and, and all their household property and the men around David they said to themselves let us kill David this David has brought us so much trouble and they could not encourage David and the Bible say David cried out to the Lord and then the Bible say and David encouraged himself in the Lord listen to me there are times your neighbor is not going to encourage you there are times your pastor is not going to encourage you there are times you switch on the television and there's no word of encouragement in those moments you need to encourage yourself in the Lord speak to yourself and tell yourself in the words of the psalmist why are you downcast oh my soul put your trust in God they might not be a preacher encouraging you but if you're going to cross over you must encourage yourself in the Lord you must get up in the morning and tell yourself listen to me you're a man of God let's go and conquer the world listen to me you're a woman of God let's go and overcome the world you must encourage yourself in the Lord because when you are encouraged then you can cross over listen to me the people of Israel when they saw themselves before the grasshoppers they discouraged themselves because they decided to use the physical eyes if you're going to encourage yourself you need to use your spiritual eyes don't look at the circumstance around you yes in your small house right now you have two plates and two saucepans and one spoon and half a fork but listen to me that half a fork God will multiply it it used to be a fork and it broke and you lost the handle now it is half a fork but God Almighty is able to take the best things and he is able to elevate them now don't use your physical eyes because when you use your physical eyes you're going to see two spoons and half a fork but listen when you use your spiritual eyes you'll see that greater is he that is inside you I said greater is he that is inside you I said greater is he that is inside you than everything that is in the world if you use your spiritual eyes you will encourage yourself in the Lord how many of you appreciate there is more to what you see than the physical how many of you appreciate the spirit world is very real now when we appreciate the reality of the spirit world we will be encouraged in God because we'll see things for what they truly are the Bible tells us, says, tells us of Elisha he had his servant and they were locked up in a city and the Syrians, Assyrians came and surrounded them a mighty host encompassed all around them and the young man was discouraged and he said Elisha what are we going to do we are stuck here we are dead here we are finished and Elisha said you don't see we have more people we have more forces on our side than they that are against us and he said Lord open this young man's eyes and the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw that there was a host of angels with chariots of fire surrounding them up to the hills but the man the young man was using his physical eyes you will always be discouraged when you use your physical eyes when you use your spiritual eyes you will see God in the midst of the whirlwind you'll see God in the midst of the challenge and the obstacle that you are right there faced with when you use your spiritual eyes you will not see a stumbling block you'll see a stepping stone when you use your spiritual eyes you will not see a trial you will see a testimony when you use your spiritual eyes you will not see a limitation you will see a breakthrough when you use your spiritual 
spiritual eyes, you will not break down. You will not ask for a break, but you will believe God to give you a breakthrough because your spiritual eyes will dictate to you what is more eternal than the natural eyes. Oh, how the natural eyes deceive us. How they beguile us and how they lead us astray like the man of God, Peter, when he was in the boat, he saw Jesus coming on the water and he said, Lord, if it be thee, bid me to walk on the water with thee. And the Bible said, Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and he was walking by faith and he was on top of the water. And then he turned his eyes and he saw the bolsterous waves rising up and about to swallow him. And he saw on the left hand side and there was another bolsterous wave and it wanted to swallow him. And he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink just like you you are at your workplace working on water and then all of a sudden your boss brings an evil report and you take your eyes off God and you look at your boss and his evil report and you begin to tell yourself now you are finished and before you know it you begin to sink listen to me the circumstance that comes in the natural they want to take your eyes off Jesus when your eyes are off Jesus you will sink if you keep your eyes on the Lord, you will never sink. Hallelujah. Be of good courage. How? How are you going to enter your tomorrow when you're discouraged? It is impossible. You can't even find strength. Do you know a discouraged man can't even eat food? I tell women, don't discourage your husband. He will not even eat your food when he's discouraged. He will come home and go straight to bed. He say, how was your day? And say, fine. Do you want to eat? No. Did you eat? It's okay. <laughs> Hello, somebody. When he has been discouraged, I don't care whether you give him lamb chops or you give him fish chops and fish fillet and you give him his, uh, his ugali like his mother used to cook it. If he's discouraged, he will not eat. One of the biggest diseases that kills the people of God is that they become discouraged and they look at all the negativity. Listen to me. Don't keep your eyes on the negativity. There are some wonderful positive things that God is doing and you can choose to encourage yourself in the Lord. Quickly here. How do you encourage yourself? Number one, encourage yourself in the word of God. You see, when you keep your eyes on God's word, you'll be encouraged in his presence. You'll be encouraged in his anointing. You'll be encouraged by faith because your, word, your eyes are on God's word. Number two, be encouraged understanding God's promises. When you understand the promise of God, you will not be disturbed by the temporal setback. You will know that you will get the results you need from God because he has given you promise. Amen. How many of you go to the bank at 11 p.m. with your checkbook and you can't get in because the bank is closed and you're discouraged? And you say, I can't get in the bank to get any money at this here time, 11 p.m. I'm so discouraged, I'm going to hang myself. Huh? If you know you have an account there, you have a checkbook, that check gives you a promise of payment. As long as you can wait to the next day, when the bank is open, you will present that promise and it will be cashed. Hello, somebody. 
I said you must appreciate that God Almighty has given you wonderful promises. They cannot change. They cannot lie. They may not be fulfilled today because the bank is closed. But it is only a matter of time and the bank will be open and you will be able to cash the promises of God. That's why the Bible says all these promises are yea and we say amen in Christ Jesus because his promises are guaranteed. When the devil tries to discourage you, encourage yourself in the promises of God. Oh, listen to me. Many of the times before I preach any sermon, I preach it to myself. Because the devil tries to, to discourage me as well. I know when I am putting on a suit and a tie, I look like a very encouraged strong man. But there are moments you wake up and things are not going according to plan. And things are not moving as fast as you want them to go. And the devil tells you, don't keep on trying. Just give up and pack up your bags and forget about this fight. But in those moments, I have preached some sermons to myself what i like to do is to go in the mirror in my house i like to have a full face mirror from my head to my toe in those moments when the devil discouraged me i usually put on a suit and a tie i'm not going anywhere but i put on a suit and a tie sometimes even without a shirt inside and my children sit on the bed and say daddy what are you doing and i tell them I'm getting ready to preach the gospel here and i pick up a pen or a bottle of water for a microphone and i begin to preach myself and tell myself listen you're a man of God. You're not going to die today. God is going to elevate you. You're going to forget these worries. You're going to forget these challenges. And I repeat the promises of God unto myself. Listen, if you're going to cross over, you must encourage yourself in the Lord and stand on his promises because God's word is true. It will never change. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word abides forever. As long as you're standing on his word you will abide with the word of God forever if you're not on the word everything that's not on the word passes away but if you're on the word you abide forever hallelujah listen to me we must encourage ourselves number four in what God has already done the biggest problem with church is that we forget what God has already done and we focus on what we want him to do and it is as if he has done nothing Paul and Silas were locked up one day and thrown into a Roman jail. It was a cold dungeon. They were beaten half dead and they were bleeding from every place that could bleed. They were naked dungeon and they were shackled to the wall and they locked them in the dungeon and in the middle of the night Paul tapped Silas and he said Silas things are really bad this time Silas said uh-huh and then Paul said but however I remember two years ago I was stoned and everyone thought I was dead but when the Christians gathered around me I woke up and Paul began to recite to Silas all the things that God had done at the end of two minutes they were already praising God what he has already done for them and they began to thank God for the past victories when they thanked God for the past victories they raised up their faith to understand that the God who did it yesterday he is going to do it tomorrow listen to me the reason why Goliath was killed by David is because David said my God was able to help me kill the bear and he was able to help me kill the lion he will also help me kill this Goliath you know if you don't remember that God killed the bear for you you will not have faith to face the Goliath that is before you so God is doing some things in your life today so that you can use them to encourage yourself to 
tomorrow so that when you face your Goliath, you can tell Goliath, look, I have seen bad boys before you came and God caused me to overcome all of them. I have seen big animals like you and God caused me to overcome them. You don't understand what I'm saying. Those miracles that God has been doing in your life, it is not the end. Maybe he gave you a two-bedroomed house. It is not the end. He gave you that two-bedroomed house so that you can believe him for a hotel. And you'll tell the hotel, my God gave me a two-bedroomed house. Now he can give me a 50-room hotel. If you have the faith, you will say, God who gave me my first degree is going to give me my PhD. God who gave me my first job is going to give me my first promotion. God who gave me my husband is going to give me my miracle child. Someone is not understanding what I'm saying here. But God does what he does in your yesterday so that he can prepare you to believe for what he's going to do in your tomorrow. You must understand, you can encourage yourself by looking at what God has done in the past. That's why when they came through the Jordan, when they came through the Red Sea, excuse me, he told them, take stones out of the Red Sea. When you cross over, put them up as a monument that whenever you look at those stones, you will tell your children and their children, our God opened the Red Sea and we crossed on dry ground and we picked these stones in that sea. The God who did it back then can do it again right here, right now. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to conclude here. Number two. If we're going to cross over, this is really number seven. Amen. This is number seven. Okay. Number seven. He says to him, be strong and of good courage. I started with a good courage. Because you cannot be strong if you're not of good courage. Number seven, if you're going to cross over, be strong. Amen. <laughs> if you're going to cross over, you must be strong. What does it mean to be strong? The word strong can be compared to the word strength. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, that word strong means to cure, to make hard, to harden, to maintain, to be stout, to be valiant, to be strong. Hallelujah. God commands you that if you're going to cross over, you must be strong. Just like he told the children of Israel, the land that I'm giving you has Hittites and Hivites and all the other ites. Amen. Do you know those other ites? Huh? The Jebusites and uh, Malachites and Professor ites. Those professors who cause your papers to disappear. Professor Ites, Landlordites, Drunkardites, Bossites, huh? The reason he says be strong is because the Ites are not going to give up easily. They are not going to roll out a red carpet before you and say, we were waiting for you. Come and take the whole land. 
That's the mistake that the children of Israel made. They thought they will go knocking on the door called promised land. And the Hivites and the Hivites will say, We've heard about what God did for you in Egypt and we are trembling in our feet. We can't wait for you to come take over. Here, here is my mansion. I built it for you. You can come and take over. Huh? You see, God told them they'll go to a land flowing with milk and honey. But what they thought was, they'll find a big river called milk on the re- left hand side and a nice r- brown river called honey on the right hand side and they envision themselves getting two big straws and they put one in honey one in river and they sip at will and they sit under the shed and say this is the good life god has been good to us we are in the promised land Woo! until they get drunk on honey and milk when they got there they found there was milk but the cows needed milking how many of you have ever milked a cow those teats of a cow are hard if you try milking you have blisters on your fingers blisters huh? how many of you know when the cow sees you've milked half the bucket it kicks the milk and kicks you <laughs> hello somebody <laughs> talk about honey there is no river flowing with honey. All the honey is in the beehive and you have to fight the bees in order to get the honey. How many of you have been stung by a bee before? You promised yourself not to mess with them ever again. Hallelujah. Amen. A few, years, a few months ago I was teaching my children how to climb trees having lived in so many countries my children didn't know how to climb trees so when I took them back to Uganda I started teaching them how to climb trees and I was climbing up there and one bee got me I started speaking in tongues my son said daddy what is it I said get down get down get down one one bee not even ten. One. That rascal, I cast it in Jesus' name. I bound it. I said, Lord, kill that thing today, now. Hallelujah. In order for you to occupy, you must be strong. You must be stout. You must be unshakable. You must be immovable. You must be the kind that says, regardless of what comes or does not come, I am unshakable. You must have the bulldog kind of tenacity. When a bulldog grabs you, it does not let go. You can kick, you can shake, you can cut it in pieces, but what it grabs, it will not let go. You need the bulldog kind of tenacity so that you can grab some things and regardless of what the devil does against you, you will be able to hold on to them. It's been said, the point is not, the point is not how you start. The point is how you finish. Amen. And it's also been said, the point is not how many dogs are around you. The point is how how much dog is in the dog. You might find a small dog that really has dog in it. Anything that crosses it chases. It barks until the voice is gone. It bites as if there is no tomorrow. That's a dog. And then there are these dogs that are like a cats. They are playing with cats, playing with children. They have no dog in them. How much dog do you have in you? (laughs) 
in order for you to occupy in order for you to cross over you must stand strong i'm concluding here the bible says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are safe now you must appreciate that your being strong is not in your own ability it is in god's ability it is in god's strength it is in god's wisdom god's anointing number one you have the name of the lord as the people of god god's name is your primary strength every time anything comes against you call upon the name of the lord and you will be saved you will hide in that name of the lord as the bible says, he is a strong and mighty tower the righteous run into it and they are safe you know we don't understand it today but back in the day when they built a fortress they put a mighty wall around it and it was like a tower of security all the arrows and all the weapons that were coming against them would end on the wall so the bible say the name of the lord is a strong and mighty tower the righteous run into it and they are safe what that means is you can be strong in the name of the lord everything that comes against you just declare you're god's child and you're in god's name and they will bounce off your your life and they'll bounce off your heart they'll bounce off your business because it is in the name of the lord do you know the church has forgotten that powerful weapon called the name of Jesus. The Bible says he's been given a name that's above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Both on earth, in heaven and in hell, as long as the name Jesus is mentioned, every knee must bow. Demons are harassing you at night. You've forgotten the name of Jesus. Demons are harassing you in the day. You've forgotten the name of Jesus. Landlords are harassing you in the day. You forgot the name of Jesus. These bad boyfriends who want to take you drinking are harassing you in the day. You've forgotten the name of Jesus. The next time that boyfriend harasses you, begin to say Jesus loves you. Come to church and begin to speak in tongues. He will run away from you. He will never come back. Oh, pastor, the, the boys are disturbing me so much. You forgot that you have the name of Jesus. It's a strong and mighty tower. I just ran into it and they are safe. Even as a pastor, I have had a few naughty girls try to have a run at me. And I know God has blessed me that I look younger than I actually am. You meet these little stewardesses on the plane and they think that, you know. And as soon as you get onto the plane... I, I, as soon as I arrive, I announce. I say, uh, when they say, good morning, sir, I say, I'm not, sir. I am the most right reverend. His eminence, the bishop. And you can see their smile wiped off like someone erasing on a blackboard. Shoo. One of them had the boldness to tell me, you're a bishop at that age? I said, yes. She said, what a waste. I looked at her and I said, what an investment. Why should I be bishop when I'm old and tired? I can't preach like I'm preaching today. You're not going to, to wait until you're 80 to be bishop. To be reverend. You're 80, you're old and tired. No. I must preach the gospel today when I'm still young and vibrant and full of life and the glory of God. Amen. Huh? Everywhere I go, the first thing I announce is I'm born again, man of God, Holy Ghost, tongue talking. 
I play golf with all kinds of people, millionaires, paupers, judges, lawyers, presidents, former presidents. Every time I arrive in the golf club, I say, the reverend is here at the bar when they are drinking their beer and all the hard things. As soon as I arrive, I declare the name of the Lord. I am born again. I am born again, child of God. Jesus is my savior. The name of Jesus is stronger than any other name. I'm on my way to heaven. Then you see all of them disappear. Even the ones who want bribe. I came in at the airport. I forgot a document. They wanted a bribe from me. I looked at them and smiled. And I picked up the phone. And I called Pastor Fred. I said, Muchungaji. So that I make sure they hear that I'm talking to Muchungaji. <laughs> I'm here. They have held me here. I don't know what they are talking about. I'll call you back. I didn't call him so that, so that I can tell him. I called him so that they can hear. As soon as I finished, the man looked at me and said, Muchungaji, who are you? I said, I am the Bishop Richard Lutwama. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said to me, you are the Bishop? I said, yes, I've been a Bishop for the past seven years. And I told him, I don't have those documents and I don't have money to give you. He smiled and he said, just pray for me. Just pray for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why should you bribe people? The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. You know what the picture is? It means you're in trouble where you've been. You're running to hide. Have you ever run in the middle of the rain? It means the rain is about to hammer you and you run into the sanctuary. What does that mean? It means you are just about to be corrupted and you are about to bribe and you run into the name of the Lord and you say, I'm born again and they can't touch you anymore. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Be strong in the name of the Lord. If you're strong in God's name, you will see the glory and the power of God. Number two, you need to be strong in the strength of God. You must appreciate that it is God that strengthens you. It is not you who strengthens yourself. Because you run out of strength anytime. Huh? Oh, how so many times I have run out of energy. I've run out of strength, run out of ideas, run out of summons, run out of everything. And I call on the Lord and say, Lord, I have run out. Strengthen me. Those are the, my best times. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am. Let the weak say, I am. Because of what God is doing in your life. Not because of your strength. Amen. If you're going to cross over, you must be strong. Number three, you must appreciate, number one, we have said the name of Jesus. Number two, the strength of God. Number three, the power and the ability of God. Listen, many church people forget the power that they have in God. And they focus on their own ability. Amen. And some of us, even as pastors, we tend to be so tempted to forget God's strength. Oh, so many times I've seen pastors forget that it is God who gives the increase. And they try to sweet talk people and to massage them, to give them an offering. And after six hours of massaging them, they give you just one book. Book, book, moja. Book, moja. Six hours of convincing, the guy gives you Bukumoja. 
you're forgotten the strength of God the ability of God put your faith in God and not in people because the Bible said that man will let you down Jesus did not give himself to any man because he knew man we need to remember to trust in God that's why we have God amen it is like someone in a plane that is crashing he has a parachute and he forgets he has a parachute and he says what am i going to do the plane is crashing where am i going oh my god i just have to die in this plane brother you have a parachute that's what parachutes are for listen to me you have a god and that is what god is there for to bail you out when you have reached the end of your strength and the end of your wisdom when you have run out of strategies when you cannot help yourself that's when god kicks in god is not for your good days god is for your bad days the good days of your life god is the beneficiary the bad days of your life that is when you benefit from god because in the good days that's when you're praising him loving him and and, and and bringing all your praise and worship and your offerings to the lord because they are good days now in your bad days draw on the strength of god hallelujah listen if you're going to be strong in the lord you must understand god's power god's ability don't fight that boss get up in the morning and prophesy don't fight for that pay rise get up in the morning and prophesy get to the office before all of them so that you can have your 30 minutes of prayer by the time they arrive you've already sanctified the whole building by the blood and the name of jesus huh then they find they can't fight with you they can't quarrel with you even when they fight you they can't win why you were there before trusting on god and as i conclude here if we are going to be strong in the lord we must be strong in the presence of god you see god said to joshua i will never leave you nor forsake you i will be with you all through those are the same words that god spoke to moses because god had told moses look go into the promised land but i will not go with you these are stiff-necked people because they are discouraged they don't believe in me they don't want to be strong in me they are not encouraging themselves i am going to leave you to go into the promised land i will not go with you but i will give you an angel to go with you and moses said oh god be far from thee that you will send us into the into the promised land without your presence and he said your angel is not good enough if you don't go with us we will not move one step because if you don't go with us what will be the distinction between us and the world because the only distinction that there is between us and the world is your presence listen to me you are strong in the lord if you are strong in his presence you know if you're strong in the presence of god no one can take you out of the spirit the daladala man might steal your one buku and you'll still smile at him your boss might refuse to sign your your papers and you still smile at him you might not get the promotion you wanted and you'll still smile because the presence of god is with you bitter angry people don't have the presence of god with them every time you're quarreling you're not quarreling in the presence of god unless it is holy anger and i can assure you holy anger is not about chicken holy anger is about souls so the last time you were fighting at uh, mary brown or brown mary or whatever that place you fought for chicken that was not holy anger and you say it is the anger of god no it is the hunger of the stomach holy anger is for souls some people have hungry stomachs others have angry stomachs 
you must appreciate the presence of God. You must have the strength of the presence of God. Because the strength of God, the presence of God is like a bulwark around you. It reminds me of the man, uh, John the Revelator. They arrested him and, uh, and they took out his eyes. When they took out his eyes, they dropped him in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bowl of boiling oil. And he still came out alive. And they couldn't kill him. So they put him on the island called Patmos. And when he was on that island called Patmos, he had a revelation. And he began to see. And he said, in the day of the Lord, I was in the spirit and I beheld the guy had no eyes huh? why they took out his eyes they couldn't take the presence of God from him they put him in a boiling pot they could not take the presence of God from him that's why Daniel was able to withstand all the dungeons that he was thrown in because when he was thrown in the lion's den he had the presence of God and the peace of God surrounding him and then the lions you know they don't eat lions Amen. Lions don't eat lions. He had the presence of the lion of the tribe of Judah. They looked at him. He's a bigger lion. He's a badder lion. All the lions looked at him and they slept. So he slept in lion blanket that night. Lion mattress. How many of you have ever tested lion mattresses? Huh? When you have the presence of God, the world will throw everything at you, but you will be strong. Amen. That's why Jesus told his disciples, go and preach the gospel from here to the ends of the world. And he said, these signs and wonders will follow thee. And after he said all that, he said, lo, I will be with you until the very end of the ages. Listen to me. The reason why you're still alive is because God has been with you all the way. When you were at your lowest point, God was with you. When you were at your highest point, God was with you. When the police wanted to pick you up, God was with you. When the police picked you up, God God was still with you when they threw you in jail God was still with you am I talking to somebody here I said when they threw you in jail God was still with you in the jail when you came out of the jail God was still with you when your enemies came up with a strategy against you God was still with you after their ideas ran out God was still with you after your in-laws don't like you God is with you when they begin loving you God is still with you when they poison you God is right there with you in the midst of that bus God is there in the airplane God is there in the car God is there even when you're walking home because you don't have one book God is with you and when you understand that God is with you you will be strong because God is with you he said I will never leave you nor forsake you the message says I won't give up on you some of you have given up on yourself but God won't give up on you some of you have given up on your business but God won't give up on your business he says I will be with you till the very end I must close there if you forget everything I've said don't forget when you stand in his presence mountains melt like wax valleys are exalted the crooked path is made straight nobody's become somebody not because of their strength but because of the presence of God giving them strength. Stand up on your feet. Lift those hands. Oh dear God, dear God. 
Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.